The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the final part in our three-part series with Luann Ronquillo, the founder of Ruru Baked. Um, I'm really excited to share this episode with you because it's very different from other models that we've had on the podcast before. And so for anyone that hasn't listened to the first two episodes we did with Luann, there's a really important business model here that we need to uncover. And that is the idea of doing a draw model. And so as you've probably heard Luann mention in previous episodes, she makes production, she sells one day a week. And if you get the ice cream, amazing. If you don't, better luck next week. And on Saturday, she allows customers to come pick up their order at their location. And so I think what's really interesting to me is when I think of drops, I'm thinking sneakers. I'm thinking cause. I'm thinking even like the Kylie Cosmetics drops back to the Shopify days when we would see millions, tens of millions of dollars in transactions processed within 30 minutes. Like it was just absolute mayhem. But what I think is really cool about Luann is she's built a very similar kind of buzz around the drop model through ice cream local in Toronto. This is really interesting. So I was really curious, how do you develop demand for the drop model, right? How do you keep customers around if they can only get ice cream once a month? Like where's the line between exclusivity and making it seem like a more enticing product versus losing customer interest because they can't get your ice cream. So anyways, I'm going to stop talking. I do want to get into the episode really quickly, but before we do that, let's talk a little bit about the brand that we're loving this week. All right. So it is time for our brand of the week that we're loving. This one won't be a surprise because we did have one of the founders on the podcast. It is three ships. So they are uncomplicated skincare backed by natural ingredients and real science. If you're a skincare junkie or you've got someone on your holiday wish list that's a skincare junkie, they have an all is calm holiday kit that they just came out with. So it has some of their best selling products. It has a free hand poured candle. It's 25% off as it would be purchasing all these pieces separately. And you can use our code they get at 20 for 20% off. Now pivot into our last topic that we're going to cover off with you, which is all about the drop model. So you had mentioned in our first episode how this scaled and grew. So everyone, if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. But can you tell us a little bit more about this drop model you've established and how it's changed? Yeah. So like I said in the first episode, we kind of were forced to do the drop model because we were going to do Uber Eats. People didn't want to do that. So they wanted to do pre-cut pre-order. We were selling out so fast. So then we were like, okay, we're going to just release everything as a drop. And also 
we had done a couple experiments where we didn't do a drop and we let people come to the coffee shop to just pick up pints. But the lineups were down the street and it felt a little bit irresponsible during the pandemic because we didn't want to have crowds and people gathering and we'd only have like 300 pints to sell because we were still running out of our small kitchen. And we'd have like three hour lineups for people waiting all day, like early in the day. And then by the time they would get to the door, we're like, I'm sorry, we're sold out, even though we had a limit. So I was like, okay, this, this doesn't work. Like the lesser of two evils is the drop model. So release everything online. People can order at a certain time and then they can come and pick it up. And it worked out really, really, really great for us. Because again, during the pandemic, great for not having crowds, great for not having lines. But then when we opened the shop and we increased our capacity and production and, you know, they were starting to let people inside restaurants and stuff, we were like, okay, maybe we should just like let people come pick up and no more drops. We'll experiment with this for a while. I would say 60% of our customers were really happy about it. And then the 40% that were really, really, really good at the drops were not so happy about it because they were like, let's go back to the drop model. It secures their pints for them and they know that they can get what they want instead of having to come and wait in line to pick up. Oh, I, I got it. Okay. Yeah. I thought they liked the exclusivity of it, but the the accessibility makes a lot more sense. Yeah. They thought it was more accessible, but then people that were able to shop in store thought that was more accessible. Yeah. So then- we went from drops to no drops, and now we're doing both. So we're making enough ice cream, and we're not as busy as we were before. I think because, you know, the hype dies down over a while, and now there's a lot more things for people to do other than just going out to buy food. So things have definitely slowed down. But we, what we've been able to do is have enough inventory for people to come and shop in store, or if they want to pre-order it and pick it up, they can do that as well. I have so many questions about the drop model because it's actually something we haven't talked explicitly about on the podcast yet. And so I'm sure the audience is curious too. How did you go about building enough interest and hype around the brand early on that doing the drop model was even viable financially? I honestly have no idea. I was shocked the first time we sold out of pints. I was like, that was fast. I'd spent like two or three weeks making ice cream. And I was like, yeah, I'll just put it online and see what happens. And then we sold out like immediately. So I was really shocked. And I think like, I don't even know where the hype came from. Maybe it was the couple years prior where we were doing fun collabs with other brands in Toronto. So maybe that was building up the hype and also the exclusivity of it. We sold out the first time and then people were like, okay, they sold out really fast. I'll try the next time. And then we kept selling out. It went from, we were selling out within 10 minutes and then it shortly went down to two minutes. Yeah, it's wild. It was wild. A lot of angry people, a lot of excited people as well. But I think it was just, yeah, maybe the years and years of brand building, making sure our branding was on point. I would think mostly that and then a mixture of that with the hype around the drops during the pandemic at the very beginning sort of just built everything up. You do offer a super unique product though. Like are there any other ice cream shops like the custard based ice cream that you guys have in Toronto? You're the only ones, yeah? No, no, we're not. So after we launched, I think there are a few shops that did custard ice cream a little bit. So I think Knockout might have done some custard-based ice creams, maybe Bang Bang as well, but no one really marketed their ice cream as custard-based. Okay, that I think we were definitely like one of the first 
businesses to do that. Now there's Good Behavior does custard ice cream. They launched after us in the pandemic. I think there's another one called Rex's Ice Cream who does custard as well. I've never even heard of these places before. (laughs) Yeah. So I think Rex is still like a ghost kitchen kind of situation. Gotcha. Good Behavior started and like took off running. They have like three locations already. I don't want to sound cocky, but I do think we sort of like started that that Mm -hmm. firm in terms of marketing, which is really funny because it's a very traditional way to make ice cream. It's not like anything new. (laughs) I think one thing that probably contributed is like I was doing a bit of research before this interview and I was looking on YouTube. There's actually nothing that I I saw that you had produced yourself, but everybody, when they try your products, they all have vlogs. They all have strong (laughs) followings on, yeah, literally on YouTube. Like they've got like 15,000 subscribers or I tracked like six or seven different accounts and they're talking about their day, they're doing their vlog and then your ice cream gets like a 30 second feed because they're just obsessed with your what? flavors. Or I need to look this up. <laughs> you really do. And like it's Father's Day and they're getting it for their dad. Like there's a whole bunch oh of these God. videos that I feel like are probably contributing to some of the hype. Yeah, and... that's so sweet. I had no idea. I'm gonna I need to Google that. <laughs> I try not to Google anything about us because uh, okay. I you never know. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I obviously my mental health doesn't do well with like the complaints and the criticism, but I also don't want I don't like the hype get to me as well. Mm-hmm. I like to stay pretty neutral about it, so I try not to like Google us at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some good stuff out there, let me tell you. <laughs> and I think that's probably a testament to the importance of good marketing and branding, no matter what industry you're in, right? Yeah. Like that's probably a big differentiator for you. And it is why these people with followings gravitate towards your products. Yes, they're delicious, but they're also aesthetically pleasing, beautifully branded. Do you feel like that's been a contributor as well? like a thousand percent yeah we get a lot of really positive comments on our branding and I hate saying this because it sounds obnoxious but it it was a fluke their original logo which is just like the the word mark just ruru bake one of the designers at the agency designed that for me he's a good friend of mine and he left we brought Adam in to fill his role and one day I just asked Adam I was like hey you want to design like a t-shirt for Ruru Baked and he's like sure so he created the t-shirt which ended up being the logo oh, that we put on the pints yeah. so it wasn't ever meant to be a logo it was just a t-shirt design but I liked it so much I was like oh I'm gonna throw this on the pints and he was cool with that so that became our brand and then I think I am very particular about aesthetics and the way things look and the way things are packaged and because I'm such a stickler on that I think it came through in the overall brand aesthetic and it resonated with people it's minimalist but not like the the reason we do clear is so that the color of the product is the color of the right. packaging and you can actually see what's inside nothing's hidden and everything's transparent and I really like that I think it translates into the rest of our business as well I have a question about the business model and how it changes doing drops versus not. What are the extra things that people who are interested in doing drops need to think about? I think it's a lot of like inventory management, making sure you have a good system to do the drops. So initially we were doing it through like cargo collective, not great for e-commerce. And then we tried to move to ambassador. You've probably used ambassador. A lot of restaurants in Toronto do use them for takeout and delivery. It was like a cool widget that you could just put on your website And the first day we tried to use it, we put our inventory on and it wasn't tracking the inventory. So we oversold a bunch of product and it was like a casino, like the notifications we were getting in, it was like a slot machine. It was like ding, 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 ding. And then 
I, I kept looking at the inventory and being like, this is not right. So we had to shut it down immediately, email everyone and refund everything, and then go back to our old system. And then we finally moved our entire website to Shopify. But I think finding a really, really good system that can help you track your inventory and make sure that you're, you know, hopefully you're selling out in minutes. So finding a system that will be able to have the capacity to do that. And then just being super clear with your customers about the Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. Like, what time is it? How much do you have available? Let them know what to expect as much as you can. Being clear is kind. Brené Brown said it. She's really smart. She sure did. Yeah. I believe clarity is so important. So as much as you can be, be clear with your customers so that they know what to expect. So it's easy for them. And then that way, if it's not a complicated process, obviously Mm -hmm. more people will want to shop. Yeah. I think probably getting like an outsider to review things or something would help too. Cause I can imagine when you're the one building it, it just makes so much sense to you because you're the one who came up with it, but you know, that's great advice. Yeah. And then, yeah, like just taking feedback, like, oh, this wasn't working. Okay. We need an accelerated checkout system. Okay. And we need this and this time of day isn't working. People want to do the drops at this time of day. So yeah, just being able to pivot. Ah, that's the theme. Yeah. Pivot. I love it. Yeah. Well, this has been such a fun conversation. We'll wrap it up here. But before we wrap up, plug yourself. Where can our audience find you? So our shop is at 659 Lansdowne on Bloor and Lansdowne, right around the corner from Sugo. So you can do a little dinner uh, dessert thing with us. I love that. Yeah. And uh, a lot of other great restaurants in the area as well. On Instagram and Facebook, we're Ruru Baked. We're not really on Facebook a lot. So Find us on Instagram. TikTok is also Ruru Baked. And yeah, we have a lot of fun stuff coming up. New products, new merch. So look out for that. Amazing. All right. Well, I'll be back in Toronto soon. So me and Kelsey are going to have to come pay you a visit oh, yes. and try some of this ice Please cream. Do. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thanks again, Luann. So much fun chatting with you. Thank you. You too. That last nugget about the technical infrastructure, that hits close to home. This was literally the world that Emma and I lived in for, (laughs) I don't know, four years, five years for her. And just seeing the impact that infrastructure like Shopify can have on drop capacity, on uh, transaction speeds, you name it, it is so important. And I think it also really ties in nicely with something else that Luann mentioned about just needing to be so upfront and clear with your customers as to what to expect. How many units of inventory do you have available? Exactly what time will it become available? When will you close the sale? What will happen when the inventory is sold out? These are all such, such important points in operating the drop model. And also my advice here is to stress test all of your infrastructure, right? So yes, the online store is part of it, but if you have a third-party checkout, you need to make sure that that's there. You need to make sure that your payment processor is set up in order to take multiple payment methods really, really quickly. And then also any backend systems, right? Order management, product management, most importantly, inventory management. It's all really kind of unsexy stuff for most of the entrepreneurs in our community. And so I know it's painful, but that's where Emma and I can help. If you guys are curious about this, we have a huge network of Shopify developers, uh, technical resources at Shopify, and we would be more than happy to help everyone get set up if that is the right method for you guys. So I'm going to wrap it here. 
make sure to check us out on YouTube. We love recording and video. It makes for such a fun conversation and we really want to share that with you guys. And also find us on Instagram at they.get.it and we will be back next week with more great content for you. Bye.